Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Hashtag Gen Z. I'm your host, Megan Grace. Hey there, this is episode 34 of Hashtag Gen Z. In this episode, we're diving into one of my very favorite topics, leadership. I've been lucky enough to study leadership from an academic and professional perspective for many years now. And like most things, the practice of leadership and what is considered to be effective leadership has evolved greatly over time. So it's no surprise that with each generation, perspectives of leadership and what is considered effective leadership also evolves over time. When we first started studying Generation Z, we found that Gen Z gravitates towards leading others by assuming doing or executing roles. Think more implementation. And then they gravitate towards thinking or strategizing roles. And we've seen this happen with Generation Z. They want to dive right in and get things done when a problem arises, but they also want to be a part of creating a plan. However, their preferences are just one piece of the puzzle as they will go through life and be led by others as well. In today's conversation, I'm joined by Caleb Gipple, and we not only discuss how Generation Z likes to lead, but what matters to Generation Z when being led. Caleb is a graduate from the University of Northern Iowa, where he studied economics and public administration. During his time in college, Caleb was involved in Greek life, student government, and university athletics as the mascot. In addition to being passionate about studying leadership, he's also passionate about reading, running, and podcasting. Caleb currently resides in Richmond, Virginia, where he works for Sigma Phi Epsilon Fraternity. So I'm very excited to welcome my new friend, Caleb Gipple, to today's conversation. We are going to be talking about leadership and Generation Z's perspective on leadership. And Caleb has been really doing a lot of great work throughout his college years, and he's going to share all about that, about really understanding how younger generations are thinking about leadership. And I'm excited. Um, I've worked in leadership development for many years, but to hear it from a current young person within Generation Z that has a really fresh former student identity, I'm really excited to bring that to the conversation. So let me turn it over to Caleb. Why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into studying leadership. I would love to. And, and thanks for having me on, Megan. I appreciate the opportunity and look forward to, to the conversation. But uh, originally born and raised in uh, in small town Iowa, so it, it's funny now uh, now getting into this space. But ultimately went on to begin my undergraduate studies at the University of Northern Iowa. Uh, enjoyed my time there. Got super involved out of the gate, uh, and, and wound up in some really cool opportunities across the board, uh, and ended up in in a variety of positions that challenged me. How that path through Northern Iowa ended up leading to, to where we're at and studying leadership, uh, really developed a, a passion for that, uh, not only through my personal experiences, but uh, for mentors and, and those that I was learning from. And uh, got to a point where I kind of wanted to do that for an honor thesis. And uh, wouldn't you know it, uh, they wouldn't really allow me to do it. Uh, had to, uh, I had to do something related to my major. And so was a bit rebellious. 
and, and decided to, to formulate my, my own opportunity to, to learn about leadership. Um, and it's, it's been a fun experience and, you know, the end result was, was a book and, um, and it's been a really great experience. So going through and, and learning from mentors and, and just some of those, that involvement on campus cultivated a passion there, uh, just a, a deeper desire to, to learn more and uh, wanted to, to seek an opportunity to, to take that and apply it for an honors thesis. I didn't, didn't really have that opportunity. So uh, that opened up a new door to, to find other outlets to, to study this uh, and, and really lean in more. Uh, which which led to to the impact manifesto and it's it's been a fun experience learning more. It feels like uh, and I'm sure you've probably experienced this as well. Uh, there's no no shortage of things to learn uh, within this area, this field. Absolutely. I mean, the study of leadership's been evolving since like Plato and Aristotle were around. They just didn't call it at that that time. Um, and that's like if you want to get back to the historical like view on leadership, it's been around forever, and the study of it has been around forever, and it looks different for every generation. And that's where I want to. Uh, kind of focus in on that today. But before we get into learning a little bit more about your book, which I'm congratulations on that, that's huge. Um, you mentioned mentors, and that like really piqued my interest immediately, because in some of the research we've been doing around Generation Z, the, the people that are impacting Generation Z the most are the people closest to home. And so I'm just curious, who were some of the mentors that impacted your journey to where you are today and kind of your viewpoint on leadership? No, I, I've been I've been really really blessed uh, in terms of the area of mentors. Uh, you could you could joke that I've I've got my own personal board of, of governors uh, as a great sounding board, but a lot of those were just people uh, that I looked up to from from my high school years and my community I grew up in. that just continued to pour into me, uh, and then during my college years as well, uh, just continued to run into uh, student affairs professionals and also just upperclassmen. That I looked up to um, that poured in, and what's what's interesting is is every single one of them uh, had a different seat at the table, if you will. Uh, there were there were mentors that I would turn to uh, when it was something student organization related, right? We encountered a problem, or there'd be mentors if it was just you were having like a mini life crisis. You know, we've we've all been there uh, that you could turn to as well. Um, I learned a lot from each and every one of them, and immensely thankful for the the role and the impact that each of them have played. That's wonderful. And I mean, it really just reiterates what we've been learning about this generation of like the people that truly influence our values are not social media influencers. Um, it's the people that we're able to talk to and build relationships with. Social media influencers have their role. Celebrities have their role. Um, but when it comes to really shaping our, our worldview, it comes down to the people that we can have those mini life crisis talks with. Um, and thinking about who can be a true sounding board and someone that knows us and that relationship really does matter. So let's talk a little bit about your book, The Impact Manifesto, How Younger Generations Subvert Ideas of Leadership. I think that the title might give it away a little bit, but tell me what is the book about and how did you go about writing your book? What was your process? Yeah, well, The, the Impact Manifesto, like you said, uh, what you see is what you get, uh, really all about exploring how some of our younger gener generations, specifically millennials and Gen Z, just approach not only leadership, but just the way they go about making an impact in their workplaces and their environment differently. Uh, and the the journey really began, like I alluded to earlier, uh, became fascinated with this field, uh, wanted to explore the opportunity to, to possibly do an honors thesis study around it. Now, unfortunately, couldn't 
really have that opportunity. So was rebellious and said, we'll find a way to, to study and learn about it. Cause you know what, if you're curious, uh, you know, scratch your own itch, lead with curiosity. Um, and so just started doing the, the research as well. And where we really actually started was looking at, okay, what, what are, um, young, young people doing that are really capitalizing and making the most out of their twenties and thirties doing differently. And that led us to, to really learning about how they viewed making an impact, but leading within their respective communities. Yeah, I, we had just uh, wanted to explore more about the, the top, topic of leadership and uh, really took a deep dive into that as well. Was was fortunate enough to find a, a great cohort of fellow young authors that were exploring a variety of topics as well. So I had a, a great support system to lean on there as as well. And really just got to, to work uh, researching, reaching out, interviewing as many uh, young leaders that were making an impact within their communities across the country uh, and had a lot of fun throughout that process. So you mentioned a cohort of people that helped you with that. Are these fellow members of Generation Z or how was how did you engage those um, those collaborators throughout the process? Yeah, I wouldn't say all were members of Gen Z, but most were actually younger authors as well. That was great because then you you can really lean into their network as well. Because one thing I, I definitely wanted to do uh, was was explore, was venture off the beaten path, whereas it's super easy for us to look for the the low hanging fruit of, of oh this person has has this title, uh, right? Um, and so we wanted to to get a bit creative and try to find people that were making a big impact in a really cool way. And that, uh, and that led to cool connections, whether it was chess boxing world champion um, or, or, you know, 22-year-old uh, government bureaucrat. Like, that, that was a cool outlet with the cohort that we had. That's amazing. So, you know, your book is focusing on how younger generations are thinking about leadership differently and kind of subverting some of these traditional thoughts around leadership. How would you describe Generation Z and some of the younger generation's leadership style as a cohort? So when we're thinking about Gen Z leaders, what are some of the common themes that you've seen come up? Yeah, that's a great question. And when we look at it in terms of the, the different themes, um, didn't matter who you were talking to um, or what they were doing. Um, the more coercive, authoritative leadership style, right, completely misses the mark. Uh, whereas now, especially with some of these uh, younger leaders that we primarily spoke with, much more of the, the coaching leadership, where how can we build this up? And that's definitely what they responded the most to. Um, you know, in a lot of ways, these, these students that we spoke with had their own, their own teams that they were leading, whether it was for some a business or some it was an actual athletic team. Um, their leadership style, I would say, if we had to classify it, more closely aligned with the coaching leadership. Um, whereas, you know, that may have been slightly popular for older generations. It's just the vast majority for Gen Z and millennials. Absolutely. And I think that when you think about coaching leadership and that form of leadership, it's much more reciprocal. 
and it's much more relational and it's less, not that it's tasks aren't important, but it is about developing that relationship and developing people that you lead and aligns with a lot more of that. What I think many people in leadership scholars like type spaces would say is that transformational leadership that it goes beyond just what is the work that we need to do and like, what do we need to achieve as a team, but how do we cultivate the growth of the people within the team as well? So I, I think that we're seeing younger generations are also progressing some of our thoughts on leadership um, and moving us towards, I think, something that's going to be more developmentally sound for a lot of people. So when you think about older people, older generations that are leading Generation Z, so maybe it's bosses or managers or community leaders, you name it, those people that are trying to engage Generation Z, what do you think matters most when leading Generation Z or trying to engage Generation Z as a leader? Yeah, that's important consideration as well. I mean, it's, it's exciting yet equally terrifying. Uh, right now, we have the most number of generations in the workforce than ever before. Uh, so drastically different personalities. But for, to answer your question, when I think of older generations, really looking at how can we most effectively collaborate with, with Gen Z and millennial leaders has to be values-based. Uh, I know that that's almost becoming cliche to some extent now, um, but it is, it is exciting because there's some great literature coming out on it now. Uh, even I think back uh, like in 2018, LinkedIn did a super in-depth study and it was like 86% of, of those younger uh, younger team members that they interviewed would take lower pay to work for a company whose values more closely aligned with their own personal values. Uh, and that's just crazy to think about, right? Like 86% isn't just a fluke. It isn't just this like a splash in the pan. Um, and so I think that's just a testament to, to how driven that these younger generations, these younger leaders are by that mission and that value. So for those, those older generations, finding a way to, to really drive the big why behind what we're doing for these younger people because they will, uh, they will be workhorses um, if they just know what that why is. Well, and that's, that's also the, to the testament that uh, being an authentic person and an authentic leader matters more to this generation than high pay does, but that doesn't mean that we can't pay people a fair wage. Um, we can't take people for granted for the hard work that they're willing to give um, just because it's passion-oriented work. I think there's a, a place in which large corporations especially can get to a place where they can pay people in a competitive wage while also aligning with their values and being ethical and authentic leaders. So if you're an older generation, that doesn't mean that you can take advantage of Generation Z's lovely hearts and that fact that they care about values to pay them less because I think that uh, – that's just not right. Um, but I think that that's an important point to do. Like we have to make that distinction that people got to pay bills too. Uh, we re I recently did a, um, an episode with uh, a member of Generation Z about finance. And it's not that, you know, to your point, your point that like they need to be paid opulent amounts of money, but there needs to be a livable wage that's associated with meaningful work. And that's really the balance that we're, we're hoping to see. And I think that we'll continue to see that especially in the workplace. So let's now kind of think about Generation Z as leaders. And I know you work in leadership development. You've been studying leadership for a while. Um, I've, it's kind of a two-part question. So when you think about Generation Z as leaders, 
where do you think that they are most uh, successful? Where do you think that they succeed and that they excel the most? And then on the flip side of that, where do you think there are areas of development? Because I think that that is a great opportunity for, as you've identified, mentors and coach type leaders can support Generation Z. So where do they excel and where do we think that there could be some growth opportunity? Yeah, I think the biggest the biggest source that we have uh, in terms of, of Gen Z leadership is collaborative leadership. Uh, I mean, the one I think about there, it, it, the, it's one of my favorite activities. Uh, you, for, for leadership training and just overall training, uh, you line up pairs, just duos across uh, a piece of tape on the ground. And you tell them, hey, uh, you need to, your objective is to get the other person to cross the other side of the tape, right? Clear and simple. That's it for the objective. Uh, they had uh, the room filled with MBA, post-MBA, just leaders within their industry, um, you know, older folks there. And, and so these are people that, you know, know their, know their thing. They know their stuff, plain and simple. And they could only really get one or two of them to get their partner to cross the line the purpose of it. And, and it was comical because these people were practically getting in fights over this. Now you apply uh, 21 to 25 year olds that they had doing it. They had three fourths uh, that actually were able to get their partner across because they realized it was a collaborative activity. That's the, <laughs> that's the hook. Uh, you just need to say to your partner, Hey, why don't you cross the line and I'll cross the line as well. Uh, so I know it is a, it's a smaller example uh, from, from just one of the many studies. But it just so clearly showcases how this this collaborative collaborative spirit uh, with these younger leaders is pretty strong. Um, in terms of, in terms of the the weak is it weakness, Megan, that you were with with Gen Z or the opportunity? I don't I don't like to call it a weakness per se, but I think that there's always an opportunity for leadership growth. Like we're never done learning how to be a leader. Like there's always going to be lessons in that. When we think about Gen Z leaders, where do you think there's opportunity for growth? Um, Because I think that's a great place for our mentors and our coaches that are listening, um, that those who are leading Generation Z, to think about how they can be supporting those Gen Z leaders in their lives. So where do you think there's opportunity for growth? It's a a tough one. Um, But I think our biggest opportunity in terms of, of these Gen Z is just the sheer amount of comparison. Uh, I even, I wrote about it in the book as well because that was a, a concerning theme that I noticed that led to this curiosity. This massive, the, the term gets thrown around a lot, but the imposter syndrome that a lot of our Gen Z uh, you know, le- leaders and rising leaders are facing is that imposter syndrome. I mean, shoot, I even think back to, to LSU, student body president that, that we interviewed. Uh, he led his campus through Hurricane Katrina. And the way he described it, you could tell he even still had that like imposter syndrome from. Um, so it's tough because uh, there's a seeming lack of confidence there uh, that I think if we were able to, to resolve that, we would uh, we could really capitalize on the potential of some of our Gen Z leaders. I think that we have to give credit to young people today growing up in a time in which we can peer into the lives of other people and think about their success in ways that um, other generations couldn't, you know? And so we think about, well, this person's online doing so much stuff and showcasing their life and really their portfolio of leadership's right out there for you. I could never do that. And that's where I agree with you. There's a lot of opportunity to bolster the confidence of Generation Z and 
tell them they can do it because they're very skilled and they are bringing so much to the table um, and providing that that opportunity, but also that opportunity to say it's okay to fail. Like it's totally okay to fail because we learn from failure. We learn from the stumbles in our life. Um, fail a little bit. Don't fail too, too hard, like to the point where someone could get hurt by it. But think right. about the ways that we can learn from mistakes and learn from hiccups um, here and there. So I agree with you. Um, it's one of those things of leadership. The best leaders build other leaders. And so if you're out there and you are leading Generation Z in whatever capacity as a parent, a coach, a mentor, a supervisor, there's so much opportunity to help foster the leadership among Generation Z and help everyone realize that anyone can be a leader and everyone leads in a different way. So Caleb, I have absolutely loved this conversation. I have one final question for you and something I ask every one of my guests, but what is your favorite thing about your Generation Z peers? I like that question because I, I think oftentimes we, we get pigeonholed into focusing about the stereotypes that, uh, that get thrown on our, uh, on our generation. Um, I think when I think about Gen Z, I just think of, of adaptability. Uh, I mean, you could throw really anything um, at you know, some, somebody in Gen Z and they'll take it in stride. Uh, you know, and even now when I look at what members of Gen Z have grown up with, uh, there's been quite a bit of history, uh, in the, the past few years, even prior to, to COVID, um, that Gen Z has pushed through. So I'm not saying it is the, the most resilient group by any means, but the sheer adaptability, uh, that we've been able to see from, you know, some of our standouts from this generation is uh, nothing short but inspiring. And I think that we have to give credit to the young people in Generation Z and the resiliency they've shown, especially in the last two years of living through a pandemic and a lot of discussion around racial and um, just societal injustice in our country um, on top of just like everything else that happened in 2019 that feels like a distant, distant past. And right. we answer, like, I constantly am like, I think about young people today and their reaction to COVID. I was like, I would have been such a jerk if this happened to me when I was 18. Like, I'm just going to put that out there. Like, I would have <laughs> been a, a horrible person. And I will admit that. And this generation has taken it in stride. And they're like the people that are like, oh, we need masks. I got a 3D printer. Don't worry. I'll, I'll take care of it. Um, right. Just amazing things. And, and I think that we don't give young people enough credit for that. The resiliency that they do show us and they, they show society. Um, and so I appreciate that that is one of your favorite things. I, I can't pick a favorite thing about Generation Z. So I always make everyone else try to answer that question for me. And they always do a great job. Uh, oh but Caleb, thank you so much for being here, sharing a bit about uh, leadership, these ideas around leadership and how we're seeing Generation Z yet again is pushing the envelope and encouraging us to think a little bit differently about things in a really positive way. Um, I know that your information about your book is very readily available online. Is there any other ways in which people can follow along with your journey around the Impact, Impact Manifesto and any of the other work you're doing? Yeah, for sure. I mean, of, of course, as always, they can they can find me on, on LinkedIn, Caleb Gipple, um, or they can more than welcome to visit uh, my website, www.calebgipple.com. Um, I think those would be probably the, the two best outlets there um, that they can Wonderful. find out whatever whatever shenanigans I'm up to. Yeah, good, good-hearted ethical shenanigans are always appreciated. Um, and I will make sure to put all that information in the show notes so people can easily find that. But Caleb, thank you so much for being here. Always great to chat with a fellow leadership nerd and think about um, things in new ways. 
A big thank you to Caleb for joining the conversation to discuss leadership. We've so much to learn from Generation Z when it comes to leadership. And no matter how long you've been practicing leadership, we always have room to grow and evolve how we lead others. There's also a lot of opportunity to support the leadership development of Generation Z. Whether you work with, teach, mentor, coach, or supervise Generation Z, consider the many ways we can position them to develop and practice their leadership skills. I want to thank you for tuning into this episode. As always, if you enjoyed the episode, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Your feedback helps me improve the podcast and it helps other people find these important conversations. We have a few more episodes left for 2021. So if you have a topic you're interested in or a member of Generation Z that I need to chat with, head over to my website, meganmgrace.com or find me on social media to drop a quick note. Thank you again for stopping by for this episode. Let's continue this conversation and we'll chat soon. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.